and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. It is myself and Kay running through the history of All Japan Women. And these episodes, we hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, K covers JD Star, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. All right, Kay, it is AJW Retro Time. It is episode 46 of the Classics, which takes us to April 21st and April 29th, 1991. A big double shot show, which we just spoke about on the uh, AJW Destiny podcast that came out. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, good shit. Good shit. Uh, do you want me to break it down? Uh, well, I have to mention that uh, the music you just heard was Yumi Ogura. Uh, yeah, you're overachieving mid Carter. Well, who's your favorite mid Carter? I don't have a favorite mid Carter. Oh, come on, Grizzly Uemoto's there for you. Thank you for. I mean, let's not talk about Grizzly. There's, there's, there's that's a different discussion, man. She's your Kendo. She's podcast. your Kendo queen. It's supposed to be a PG podcast, man. <laughs> uh, you'd let her hit you with a with a Kendo stick. I know you would. I mean, I would not let her. Hit you'd convince your girlfriend, hey. <laughs> We need to go here and get hit. <laughs> oh, dude, she'd be so on board with that. She'd watch and laugh at me. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's she, she let's break it down. Too. We watched uh, we watched a lot of matches for this one. Um, a lot more. Uh, you know what I've noticed, Kay? Yeah. Now that we're in the '90s, we're in the uh, I guess it's called the Super Card era, or at least a lot of the a lot. Uh, they're a lot deeper in main event caliber people now. And we're seeing the breakouts of a lot of these people. A lot more of these things are available to find. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Also, I think a lot of it has to do with the distribution of the their stuff now at this point, right? Before, it was like VHS tapes. But at this point, I think they're distributing more of them. So people are actually able to get their hands on them more. I think that also might make the, be making the difference. Not, a lot of not hand cam or barely visible footage. Right, yeah. 
yeah, technology has advanced. Everything's a lot more available. Uh, despite despite the, uh, the the lack of TV exposure as they had in the 80s. All right, well, with the lack of TV exposure, to mention on the VHS front, uh, they had deals with a, I forget the name of the chain, but they had a chain of rental and purchasing DVD, or not DVD, VHS shops that they had to deal with. So that's where most of their stuff would be. You could get go there, and it was exclusive to this chain, I think was the deal. Oh. They had a guy, I, again, I can't remember the name of it. It's a, it's a Japanese name, obviously. I probably couldn't pronounce it anyways. It's a chain that I don't think exists anymore. Okay. It's, it's VHS rental shop, so of course that doesn't exist anymore. Well, let's get into this first show. It's April 21st, 91. What we got, Kay? So we have a, jet, we have a tag team match uh, between Cynthia Moreno and Esther Moreno. It's Escamita and Mima Shimoda. Otherwise known as LCO. Um, I hadn't seen these two Moreno people before. I do know, I think they're from CMLL? Yes. Okay. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, you know, I, from not seeing them before, I thought they kept up pretty well. Obviously, LCO is good. I like Mita and Shimoda together. They haven't achieved their full LCO-ness yet. <laughs> no. They, they, are, they are getting there. <laughs> so... I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a whole lot to say. Uh, the Moreno team obviously beat Mita and Shimoda here. Uh, I didn't expect that to be the finish anyways, because I thought foreigners come in, they're not going to beat them. But I got to remember, LCO isn't LCO yet. So I don't think they even have the name yet. No. So, well, um, I don't think so. I don't think they're LCO yet. Yeah, no. I don't think they're LCO yet. So they're not even LCO yet. They're just together. So it makes sense that they would lose this match. Well, the 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 uh, Morenos yeah. are a pretty famous, uh, you know, lucha family. Uh, the these two were coming in. They won the Japanese tag titles, and there was a little story behind specifically Esser Moreno, where uh, so Toyota Manami Toyota wants the tag titles, but she's looking for tag partners, and in comes Correct. this. Mexican tag team, Lucha tag team, and, and Lucha Libre translates very well to the Joshi style because it's very fast, doesn't let up, and they're able to do a lot of their Lucha Libre flips and stuff. So, Especially someone like Manami Toyota who does well really well with that style. Yes, she also has a very Lucha style. So Manami Toyota, uh, from what I, was, what I was able to find, you know, just found the next partner, and since they were on tour at the time, uh, the story was Esther Moreno tags with her and is now going for two, the two big tag titles in AJW. Uh, not to mention, I believe they also had the CMLL uh, women's tag titles as well. So possibly triple right. champion uh, and double champion for AJW. So Esther Moreno uh, w w came in as a as kind of a big foreigner that was you know not going to be in the singles main event, but you know the tag titles of the era and throughout. Well, Josie wrestling uh, history are deemed as, you know, important titles to go for. Yeah, definitely. I forgot to mention it was a title match, but yeah, uh, I think I, I think it's still interesting that they have CMLL talent coming back over because I think there was a period of time that they didn't like a big period of time. Right? Yeah, it was a huge gap. Yep. It's kind of interesting that they're bringing them in now. And I didn't know that about the Moreno family. I didn't know they were like a big deal. Well, the um, one thing you could always count on is a lot of uh, a lot of Lucha Libre is incredibly family based. Right. I, I see I'm only still learning. I don't know much about Lucha, so I'm not 
about the Apaches and stuff like that, but that's oh, only stick with, due to st- them showing up in places. Stick stick with me, but I don't have I don't have a whole lot of historical knowledge uh, over <laughs> Lucha Libre, but I do like I do like checking out uh, a lot of their events. And okay, um, you got to look forward to Ayako Hamada and Federacion making a comeback. She's uh, making a comeback, uh, buddy. He, he had the meth head herself. Ah, Jesus. you give her you give her too much hate. People make mistakes. I mean, listen, she much like Mima Shimoda did in this match to lose to lose it for her team. <laughs> Yeah, well, she'd have a briefcase, briefcase full of meth on her person, so maybe, maybe she should have kind of mistake. <laughs> <laughs> she might have won, right? <laughs> oh, so so the next match we have is uh, Akira Hokuto, not yet Dangerous Queen, still nope, and, and Marika Yoshida with five her years best shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, right, her best shoulder pad gimmick versus Suzuki Minami and Takako in a way. Uh. We do want to talk about what Yoshida's wearing. Sure, go for it. <laughs> so I do remember we saw her back before, and she had this kind of same gimmick where she has the weird shoulder pads on her singlet for no reason. Yep. Still going with this. I don't know if she's trying to make a fashion statement or if she just really thinks it looks cool. Well, she's Count but Yoshida and wants to be respected. <laughs> she's Count Yoshida. No, we'll get to a different count later. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely not Count of anything, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, she's kind of high fly flippy, but uh, I looked her up at one point, and apparently one of her big moves is a uh, a Canadian destroyer. Well, that comes so much I, later. I don't think she even does Canadian destroyer. I think somebody put that down. I can't see her doing Canadian destroyer. Everyone does a Canadian you? destroyer. How do you become a big star if you can't do a light, nice the little 90s destroyer? They didn't. Come they didn't on. Exist in the nineties. It's just a pile driver. I, I mean, you're right. It's, it's just a big flippy pile driver. But I did see that. Uh, not on cage match. I did see somebody claiming that it was one of her signature moves. I was like, okay, buddy. I thought this I mean, match was... was yeah, I mean, obviously this match was all angle. It was to build up Suzuka Minami and uh, Hokuto uh, right, for their, their title match. Their title match later. Uh, Takako, in a way, we'll get to, we'll get to her. Uh, more thoughts on her in a minute, but she just retired Norio Tateno, and yeah. she is doing a lot of Norio Tateno things, including her like pace that she sets in tag matches. That's what I noticed in this one specifically. She'd come in, do the big jumping clothesline, and turn around. Uh, she she's the one that does the hot tag uh, because Suzuka Minami is so ground based. And I'm gonna say this right now, Kay Suzuka Minami, good tag wrestler. Uh, singles match wrestler, not so much. Yeah, we'll find that out, right? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but for Takako, like you mentioned, her style changing, right? It's kind of funny because when I think Takako in a way, I'm thinking like Gaia, uh, Oz Academy, Takako, and she's not like that. Taser Chan, completely different wrestler. Not just Taser Chan. I don't think Taser Chan was a thing at that point. I think it was Whip Chan. <laughs> Whip Chan. Oh man. <laughs> And chain coon. You, you don't, you don't get Taser John because until you become an adult, you know, really, really elevate your taste. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get Taser Chan until you've smoked a few packs, drank some beers, and really grown up in life. Oh man, <laughs> okay, baby, that for her. She has a rough spat and beats Taser Chan in a bar. <laughs> Look, I like Takako in a way. She's she's a she's a good woman. <laughs> she's a good, she's a good mid Carter. <laughs> Oh no, no, am I getting another one? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> it's happening. The, the evolution is coming. I can feel it within me. Yeah, it goes double count out. Uh Hokuto, Manami have their thing going on. Yoshida and Inoue are, are 
kind of in the middle of finding their own characters, which is interesting in of itself. But the like this, you know, know now that we're looking at it, this was a big angle show. Yeah, I think that was the point, right? It was supposed to set up the next shows. I think uh, when you mentioned Yoshida's trying to find her character, it's kind of funny because I think she's been wrestling for a while at this point, right? She debuted with the class of 86, didn't she? Well, I mean, Akira Hokuto is still finding her character and it's been five years. I mean, listen, her name is on the back of her clothes still. <laughs> that still, gimmick, that gimmick hasn't gone away yet. She's still, she's becoming, she's going from ninja and and uh, and uh, 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 lifeguard like in between all the time. Yeah, she doesn't know which one she wants to be. Doesn't want so to be Yoshida debuted in '88. '88, so I was a few years off. Because I know we, I know we've seen her before on this journey. Yeah, so she's only Except three I years in. up with you. So yeah, she's only three years in. Okay, so I guess that makes sense. But those shoulder pads gotta go. <laughs> it's just, it just looks so goofy. Uh, our next match is uh, Aja fucking Kong versus Monster Ripper with Warrior face paint. Like, ultimate, straight up Ultimate Warrior face paint. And the biggest cleavage gap I've ever fucking seen. Hey, she's got hair that is also much bigger. <laughs> oh, yeah, that hair. Holy shit. We don't know how much hairspray Bull Nakano used. You wonder how much hairspray she used for that, actually. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, the big Afro Canadian is back. She's returned to AJW. Uh, really been out of the scene for a long time. Hey, wasn't she over in the Fed, as as the kids call it, being a comedy character? Uh, I mean, no, that wasn't until the mid nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's see here. Monster Ripper, just doing on the fly research here. You know, Bertha Faye over here really got a <laughs> yeah right. The biggest whiplash I've so ever seen. So this is really person. sad because I'm looking at Cage Match. Uh, Rhonda Singh, Monster Ripper, La Monstra, 4.32, because she goes by Bertha Faye. Everyone ever, like, like, I didn't know, I thought they were separate people. Like, that was the big revelation I had, that Monster Ripper and Bertha Faye were the same person. <laughs> like, I had that revelation when I, when I was doing research, because Monster Ripper is a former two-time 3WA champion. Oh, yeah. She held that belt. She, she feuded with Mak Fumiaki and the fucking Jumbo and all that stuff. Like, Jesus... Like, ah, okay. Worry. Like, so she, she was good. She was gone when she was gone for. I'm, I'm just like looking at cage match. So it kind of like fills in gaps here. Right. So she was gone from AJW and you can mostly kind of discern that she reached that age limit and didn't want her in the promotion. You know, you could kind of guess. Can, I don't know if they held the foreigners to the same standards. Otherwise, I don't think Medusa would have been there. Um. Well, Medusa was really young. Believe it or not, I thought she was older. She looked a lot older. Well, I mean, she probably lives a, a harsh life, lifestyle. But regardless, uh, <laughs> that uh, Monster Ripper, style. Monster Ripper's Canadian, and she was in the UWA for a while, which is a uh, which is a big Mexican <laughs> promotion. And and she hung out I- between Stampede Wrestling, makes sense, Canadian, uh, hang out over there. That was a big promotion in the eighties. That's where AJW had a connection to. Uh, my girl Yumi Ogura. Might as well play that music again. No, I kid. I kid. Just a little bit. I would be surprised. You can't help yourself. I can't help myself. Yumi Ogura. So she she stuck to to the Canadian promotion Stampede. Uh, And it looks like she was in FMW for a little while as well. And Mexico. So that's where she was. That's what she was doing. This was her big return to AJW right here. And they immediately throw her into the main event 
uh, putting her with Aja Kong, someone they're trying to put over as the monster. So it's the you know the, it's the big match, monster versus monster. And it goes to like a, a no contest because they beat the fuck out of each other and don't stop. Yeah, the they, they chase each other in the back and everything. It was I, I you know it was a nice little angle, well done. It doesn't it like, like look uh, late eighties, early nineties, even to the seventies. This was the way to book because fans were sizing it. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're putting our mindset into the era, and that's right, right, super right. important when looking back at the past. Uh, right. Also, that poor ref, man. That ref, he just he kept getting back up, and he kept knocking him back down. Fucking funny. I I loved him trying to get in, and we were just going, "All right, Ripper, give him one four. Aja Kong, give her the du- good old deuce deuce with the trash cans." <laughs> this poor guy just didn't stand a chance against monster and kong <laughs> no, at one point we're like listen guy just stay down <laughs> just stay down <laughs> because he kept getting knocked back down by both of them yeah and it makes you it makes you it makes you want a rematch and that was the point to it it keeps both people strong and it leads it leads into the main event and look it was under 10 minutes you're gonna do an angle like this even in the modern era or in the past if you're gonna do a no contest dq type thing don't do it 15 plus minutes and you don't want to make it super long. You don't want to have too much time invested in something you know that's not going to have a finish. It's like modern wrestling does that too much. Well, modern... Have something super long, and then they'll have a DQ at the end, so you've wasted all of that time. Yeah, modern Western wrestling is really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really poor for it. Um, um, uh, Lucha Libre, you kind of expect just constantly shitty booking and finishes, so you're just watching for the <laughs> that's athleticism. That's never, never a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of... It, it, goes, it goes into the culture a lot. But that, like, like okay, for example, that Hokuto Yoshida Manami in a way match, that went to a double count out, and more forgiving because it was an angle, but it was definitely long. I think, I think the the fact that it was still filled with a lot of athleticism and trying to get people over the there, there's a lot to forgive there. But yeah, it went it definitely went too long in hindsight to it all now that we're talking about Kong Ripper went went sub 10 for the no contest definitely I think this was better done and did more for both people rather than that tag match we just spoke about because before talking about that I kind of mostly forgot about it so that kind of says a lot right well also I think when I mentioned uh it makes sense for these two to go to a match like this because they're monsters that are uncontrollable but already established, Aja Kong is not a controllable person, right? She straight up just beat the fuck out of Hokuto and chased her the back and got counted out that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is her character, so for this to happen, the fans aren't surprised by it. They actually expect her because she's uncontrollable, uncaged. Uh, but moving on to the, the main event here, we got Bull Nakano versus Bison Kimura. Get in. She beats it. Bison Kimura. Oh, I... dude. Oh, this match is good. Good match. Bison's good. Uh... I like Bison. Okay, I'm torn. Torn. Okay, I'm torn. So, I thought the match was mostly underwhelming, but, but, in the context, something we speak a lot about on All Japan Destiny, the context of it is Bison is coming off the hair match, and she wants revenge. She is. This is a hot angle. It's a hot revenge story. Bull Nakano is your unbeatable, just destroying champion. And Bicekimura has the short hair, a more badass look to her, more, more fire. The more anger too. Yes, more more anger to her. The 
issue where this match lied for me was too many holds, too much on the ground, not enough of that fire in the match. And yeah, it's now I'm thinking about it. You're probably you're right. I I, I, see, I don't even remember some of the, like the big pot portions of the match and the crowd's reaction because the crowd was like super into this. At which first, it's kind of shocking at this point. Well, yeah, at first, but which is kind of shocking at this point because the crowd's not as into things nowadays at this point in '91. We're, not, we're we're far from '86 when they were super into like everything. Yeah, it's really tough to to gauge how over people truly are, other than Bull Nakano. Because, like, right. we were watching the Aja Kong Ripper and match, and it was mostly silent. There was no reaction. I don't think they reacted to anything. No. Uh, and and this, is that, this is that changing of the audience. Because in, in theory, Monster Ripper is a former champion, former monster. This is a money match. And it should be hot going to a no contest. But the crowd mostly didn't react. Because this isn't the same audience not even remotely of when Monster Ripper was last there. So she was champion in the 70s and early 80s. Right. So in hindsight to this, maybe maybe there's some house shows that we didn't are just not able to see in context of the era of what's right. available. But on the surface value of what we're able to witness, maybe this wasn't the best decision to introduce Monster Ripper in this fashion. Maybe they should have reestablished her as Monster Ripper yet again, a second time around, and built up to this Aja Kong match. However, kind of seeing, I don't think they did that. No, kind of seeing the timeline of how Monster Ripper was, like how she was available, like booking wise, or at least um, available to be booked. There, there's the right, there's the right structure to it. Right. That, you know, WWF was trying to rebuild their their women's division again. WCW was trying to get people uh, into it. Ninety one JWP was a thing, and my, th- I mean, I'm just I'm just talking from theory and putting together puzzle pieces. I, I I feel like I have to mention this every now and again. So, yes, in hindsight, probably would have been better to introduce Ripper much slower. That way, you reestablish who she is. And I, 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 I think I think based on reaction, that's ab- that was absolutely necessary. But unfortunately, I think they just didn't have that kind of time and was handcuffed to it. So they just decided, look, either know your history or don't. This is what we're doing. And we're going to get as much as we can out of this just short period that we're allotted. Right. And I think so to be- piggyback off of that with the match, the Bonacano Bison match. I think at this point they're trying to establish they're trying to constantly establish new stars, right? They have to. And so they only right now the only star they have is Bonacano. And you can say Aja Kong is kind of in the in between where she's trying, kind yeah. of almost there. Yeah. They don't have a third person yet. They're trying to do that with Kyoko in a way. They're trying to do that with Bison Kimura. Now, history tells me, because I I mean I know where this ends, uh doesn't go too well. And I don't know why. But they give up on her really quickly, I think, if memory serves. So I wonder if matches like this, or maybe why, I don't know how much of it's her fault. Because remember, at this point, Boldecano's beat up. <laughs> she's getting there. She's, oh yeah. We we see it. She's beat up. Like she's she's beat up. So she's maybe she's willing to do less for somebody uh, under her. I don't right? think so. And, I think this was just more of Bison Kimura's know, style. 
I don't think so because we've seen her wrestle before, and I've seen her Not wrestle before. In this is singles her matches. At all. If you notice from singles it, matches. No, I don't. No, not, not really. Not, not, maybe not this. Maybe not of this era. But I have seen singles matches. She doesn't do mat wrestling. She's a striker. She does strikers. She's a striker with a lot of super. Well, you've seen her like later, that. correct? Right. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I have at seen this her time, like, okay, think of Suzuka Minami. Think of Hota. Like when you get them in singles matches, they kind of, they kind of lay down a lot. They think they need to kind of stall for time, and and it's it's a product of the era. It's a mindset, right? We see that in right. New Japan constantly. In, in these eras where right. and, and that's just not the AJW style and you lose the no, audience that way. Yeah. And you lose the audience that way. However, when you get to a tag match in Norio Tateno is 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 uh, has an issue of that as well. So there you go. I'm, I'm being totally fair with even a favorite of mine. The a yes, lot of I, a lot of people it. are in constant tag matches. You know, they get their hot tag and then they only have to go in X amount of time going at their full pace. So when you get to a singles match in this era, it takes a very special person and 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 crowd connection in order to pull it off. Chigusa Nagayo, she is far from a dynamic wrestler, but she had that crowd connection where if she goes to the ground and does some strikes. It just works way better. It, 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 that's what I find more fascinating. So when we have Bison Kimura and Bulldokano in a match like this, and they're kind of going to the ground, they're trying to get Bison Kimura over to the extent of a main eventer. This is kind of the opportunity to test it out. It's a great opportunity. I'm glad this match happened. I'm absolutely, hi- I was absolutely hyped for it, and this should have happened. Uh, am I am I happy with the result? Yeah, Bulldokano should have beat Bison Kimura. And, oh, 100%. And, that should have gone any other way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and should Bison Kimura be given up in the main event as fast as, say, uh, I don't know, I'll just throw out Kazue Nagahori out there or a um, Nishiwaki, who we saw have much yeah, more. Nishiwaki's a good example, she, She's yeah. kind of the biggest example that we can we can point to. Uh, Bison Kimura, I think, held her own, and she just needs to learn. And more so than something that came to mind. And more on than this. let me let me finish here. And more okay. than Nishiwaki, Baisukimura, I think has more potential than her. She definitely has more appeal than her, and much more charisma. We're definitely seeing fire. It just needs to translate to the match. And you know, losing one title match on a show uh, in '91, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this as a wet fart as some other matches we've seen, like a Suzuka Manami singles match. That seems to lay. That seems to lay lay more wet down than others. Uh so uh that that's that's kind of where I wanted to say my piece with that. What what about right. you? What did you want to say? So so you mentioned this new era thing and this new fan base. It got me to thinking this new fan base, they're not used to the go 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 style either. They're used to the spectacle style that they've been doing with Bullicano, the cage matches, the big weapons and oh, that is and a, crowds. Yeah, they're that used is a good to point. the spectacle. And I just, I remembered, because it jogged my memory when you mentioned that, that when I did research on my episode, there was a big period of time where there was fans that they turned away because of the cage match. You're right. And did not like the spectacle style and think, thought it was too Western and went away from AJW. But the people that stood are people that they got in because of those things, because it made news. Though. It made like big front page wrestling magazines and sports magazines, those cage matches did. Because uh, I think they were a big deal. I don't think even New Japan was doing cage matches, right? It's a big deal. I think that everyone now is watching this, they're used to the big spectacle. I think that's a detriment to the company because I think they lean into that 
going forward, the big match, the big spectacle. But I think we start seeing more of that going forward. You want the big, flashy uh, moments and big, flashy matches with table spots and things like that. Hell, we see it in one of my favorite matches of all time in 95 with Hokuto and Manami Toyota. There was no need for a table spot. It wasn't a, a weapons match, but there was a table spot. Why? Spectacle. Yeah, I don't just, disagree with I, that, that at all. Because, because now, yeah, we're just getting off a lot of those hardcore tag matches, hair versus hair, multiple cage matches, even as early as January on house shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, maybe this is their idea of kind of going away from that. Yeah. I think that's a I yeah, think that's a very I mean, valid theory. Yeah, but they definitely lost fans because of it. I remember that's what I read. There was a lot of fans that were turned off by it. They thought it was too Western. All right, I'm going to interrupt this because this is uh, important kayfabe news here. You ready? Oh, oh, breaking news. So Parker, Mister Watermark himself, he's having a eh? hayride in Iowa. Eh? Yeah, very, very, uh, very cornfield esque of this guy. Um, eh? He's had some unfactual opinions lately over Joshi Wrestling. Uh, I feel insulted, Kay. So I'm in real time tweeting this guy, is this where you contemplate your terrible opinions? Reply. Needs ah, to be done. I see. It, it absolutely important, needs to important be done. Important news. Important news. <laughs> this, this is important breaking news in the middle of your classics AGW review. <laughs> uh, Alright. So uh, post-match, Monster Ripper jumps Bull Nakano, setting up a big title match between those two. Good little angle. Liked it. Uh, Bulnikano Bison Kimura also only went 13 minutes. Do you think this was a... I mean, obviously, in hindsight and the way the match went, 13 minutes was probably the right amount of time. But given the backstory and uh, kind of feud going in, you think this should have been longer? Uh, yeah, but I think this yeah, was I the feel, I feel like as well. I feel like this was the blow-off. I don't think well that's why I, that's why I'm like man this felt like it should have been a 20 minute match at least with all the backstory to it and I guess you know they're like look Bison you don't have a lot of like big singles match experience we've kind of learned <laughs> from a few mistakes right. in the past maybe we'll go 13 minutes because we see this kind of move with Ice Ribbon a lot to be honest yeah we'll see that sometimes too but also you gotta remember this whole Jungle Jack hair versus hair thing this whole story isn't about Bison Kimura it's about Aja Kong well, all yeah, about but... Aja Kong. It's just a way to continue the feud between Aja and Bull. So yeah, Bison was the stopgap in this, I think. I think it was a great stopgap. All right. Let's bust through the rest because we got an even bigger show because a lot of it was angles, like we mentioned. April 29th, right. 91. I, I guess it was is that Corkin. It just says Tokyo, Japan in my notes. I, don't, I think it was Corkin, but... Uh, eh, who cares? So Doesn't, hardly first, matters. The first, match we get, the first <laughs> match we get is a real doozy, guys. Real, real, real doozy here. Oh, the fuck. Three w, the prestigious, illustrious 3WA martial arts champion, and it's fucking champion, Bat Yoshinaga. I hate this. Versus... I hate Kenny this, Teresa. but this was hilarious. She wins by referee stoppage in a fight that went from turn this off, turn this off, and turned comical. Like halfway through. Can I can I break this Dude. down, Kay? Oh, go can right I do ahead. the can I do the honors? Go right ahead. Alright, so in the late eighties, early nineties, uh people thought it was a good idea to do shoot fights in a fake business. <laughs> sure did. They thought it was a good idea. So here comes Bat Yoshinaga, a not good wrestler. And they're like, man. Not mixed martial artist either. 
No. Uh, they, they pretend like she had credentials that she didn't have, but she would gain later. Uh, no, she uh, she was M.A. Tojo here in 1991. So She sure was. Except without the porn background. She could actually hit people. <laughs> yeah, she, she could actually hit people. So. And, she could, and, and one thing Bat Yoshinaga was good at was hitting and taking a hit in, in shoot oh, ways. Oh, yeah. No guard. Fuck, well, it's a guard. She, didn't have, she never had her guard up. She just eat punches and just keep straight hands. So back in, I want to say, November of 1990, Akemi Torisu, a very... Hmm. How can I be not nice with this? A fat, unathletic, <laughs> ugly woman gets <laughs> into a wrestling the- ring. Look, I'm not beating around the bush with this one. You can't. She's got the whole bush. She is put in there to be what what I said and get the shit kicked out of her by Bat Yoshinaga. That is her job. Her job is to take a hit and just continue to take a hit. So boy, in did she no- do a good job at oh, that. So in November, if we remember in a past episode, she to forget. got the fucking shit kicked out of her and it was uncomfortable. It was an oh, untrained yeah. person going into a shoot fight with someone who at least appears to have a day's worth of training. <laughs> yeah, who she faced? I don't think it was bad. It was bad. Hota? No, no, no. It was Hota. Maybe it was Hota. Ah, what, who cares? Akemi got the <laughs> shit kicked out of her. She was a bloody mess, and she timbers to the ground. Cut to April 29th, 1991 here against Bat Yoshinaga. And Akemi, I guess, took an afternoon's worth of lessons because now she's got confidence. <laughs> and the confidence, right, confidence is I will take a step off of the wrong-weighted foot, much like watching an untrained bowler Right-handed, bowl <laughs> off their right-hand foot. There's your sports reference for you, Kay. Bowling reference, too. You got yeah. two and one there. Yeah, there we go. She tries to throw these wild, slow-ass haymakers and bat. All she has to do is stick up her left hand and jab her in the face really hard. And Akemi clearly gets her nose broken over and over again, round to round, where they clean her off. And as the rounds go on, bat seemingly gets bored and she kicks her leg out much like in a previous match where Akemi is just dead legged so she's like timber falling to the ground and the referee let's talk about this referee he sees all of this and I don't know if the Matsunaga you know what I'm just gonna make crazy speculations because I think they're absolutely warranted the Matsunagas are like make this go six rounds buddy Here's a hundred. Here's a hundred yen. <laughs> like who cares? You get this bat Yoshinaga over because she can't wrestle with a damn. But boy, she can beat the shit out of trade fighters. Right. We got to make this look at least somewhat respectable, which of course turns into first you're uncomfortable because you're just looking at Akemi get the piss shit kicked out of her. She's bleeding all over the place. Blood's all over her shirt. Blood's dripping all over bat. The mat she's is getting stained. You can tell. She is clearly still not trained back. enough, and she's turning she's her, her back. back. To the opponent. Oh, yeah. She's just flailing. It's embarrassing. And then it just keeps going. The, re- the ref is like, all right, she's down. Clear the way. I got to cut. One, two. You all right? I think I get Three. Back up. Three. <laughs> now there's a pork button for it. Get up. <laughs> 
work button in it. Come on. And there's even a couple rounds where once the bell rings, he takes her by the shirt and shoulder and carries her forcefully to her corner to be cleaned off again to go out for the next round. It's like, girl, if you want this paycheck, you best get back in there. And when it gets to that point, you just can't help but laugh. Because, look, it's 1991. There is nothing we could do about this in hindsight. We can get angry. And we got angry and uncomfortable in the early rounds. But then we realize this was like 30 years ago. Let's just have a good time. This is for our entertainment at this point on how stupid this is. Because don't get me wrong. This is beyond stupid. This is the worst. It's mental how dumb this is. And like, this is uncomfortably stupid <laughs> and makes no sense to even try to do something like this. It Listen, listen. It's one thing when you try to do this with Hota, someone you're trying to prime as a wrestler, even if it didn't work. Bat Yoshinaga is not a wrestler. I mean, she's not a mixed martial artist either, but she's damn sure not a wrestler. You know who's also none of these things? Akemi Torisu. <laughs> Oh, I swear to God, they just pay her to be a punching bag, a human punching bag, because she can't wrestle. I don't think she's ever been trained to wrestle, because I don't think we've ever seen her wrestle. Oh, and no. She clearly hasn't been trained how to be a mixed martial artist. She is just there to be punched. Yeah, this her job is... is to go out there and absorb punches. Yeah, this is an embarrassment on the industry. This should have been called off after one round, and yet it went six, and they go, referee's decision, boys. Bat wins. I'm like, you are shitting me. Shocker, Bat Yoshinaga won! You know, I should feel bad about laughing about all this, but hey, nothing we can do about it now. Dude, at some point in the fight, Bat is just letting Akambi punch her in the face. She oh, just yeah. lets her punch her in the face because it's not affecting her. Her punches are like, just she's getting punched square in the face by Akambi, but Akambi so gassed and out of it. Her punches have like zero power, so she's just taking him to the face. Embarrassing. Walking around her, punching her again, kicking her in the leg. Like, you could tell Bat was bored. Yeah, this was bad. Next match, K. Ah, the AJW Singles Championship. The future title. Kako Inoue. Ah. The future title. <laughs> yeah, the future belt. It, it, hell, it even has the same colored strap, which goes to my theory that the future belt and all the other seven belts are based off of AJW belts. Uh, but that's a different topic. But uh, the AJW Singles title, Takako Inoue versus Kyoko Inoue. In a way versus in a way. Double in not a way. sister versus sister. Because they're not sisters. Okay, are you telling they me they're not sisters? They were presented as sisters. They were presented as sisters once upon a time, I think. But they're <laughs> not sisters. We know this. Uh, this match was okay. I don't think I was blown away by this, but I don't think I was supposed to be blown away by this. It's the future belt. I mean, you're not blown away by Hanan versus Ruaka, are you? I am not, no. I mean, this is a lot better work rate-wise than that match would be, but it's still like... Or less the same in terms of on the card and what it's supposed to be. This is more like Kako a Inoue Micah. The... This is more like a Micah Saitani type match. I mean, not modern, especially not now, because I mean they're fucking bigger stars now, so they're not fighting for the future belt. That's for sure. Well, no, I'm just more like their placement on the card and what and what you're supposed to get out of the match. No, it's like a Saitani Micah when they were you know in the future division like occasionally they get into a main event type angle because of the faction they were in i think that's very apt okay i guess that makes sense uh, i just don't think i was blown away the match Chicago in a way wins which i thought was the right decision anyways because kyoko is going up the card yes no that, that no that was a good decision uh and as i said before takako in a way is coming off of the norio Tateno retirement match and notably she is in norio Tateno's gear style yeah, she's in her later gear style, the one that's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of one 
Cutie Suzuki. Yes. Who, you would note at 91 was insanely popular. I think she was at this point. I think she was on the cover of like several magazines. Oh, yeah. Like not wrestling magazines, but magazine nonetheless. And Takako is doing all of Norio Tateno's uh, wrestling style. All of it. All, she's attempting well, it, at least. She's attempting ex- some of yeah, it. Yeah, except the uh, the crash and burn suicide dive that Tateno does. <laughs> uh, she's like, my career is too short. I mean, I'm still too young in my career to be doing that move. <laughs> but everything else she's doing. She's doing uh, top rope front drop kicks that we hadn't seen her do prior. She's doing the, the running clotheslines. She's doing the King Kong top rope knee drop, Kay. She sure is. I mean, she's listen, you see why they saw so much in Takako. Yoko, in a way, kind of puzzles me at this point. I kind of get what, because I know what she becomes, right? But at this point, I feel like she's not nearly as good as, like, Manami. I disagree. Not. I disagree. I, th- I think they're, well, I think Manami is a little bit ahead from what we've seen, obviously, from from over the last uh, year and a half. But Kyoko, in a way, is, she's also a super rookie. I think that's very clear. I, I don't right. think she, I don't think she has the same crowd connection uh because they've lost a lot of that female audience that i think if they would have retained them kyoko went away would have been up their alley uh while now oh, we she, have a, she's a, a lot of the few female fans they have were fans of her oh, oh yes, like yes, yes 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 mom was a big fan of kyoko in a way yeah uh, but that's not the audience that they're drawing in 91 it's more no, male it's uh it's more about the manami toyota takako uh, in a way crowd and even though Kyoko Inoue was a super rookie as well, her appeal wasn't on that level yet. But don't get me wrong. I mean, they were putting her in main event angles. They were putting her in the main event factions. And that was yes, very... That's where, that's where I was going with the yeah. Manami thing. I thought Manami would probably be better in it, but she wouldn't fit in either of that story either. So well, I that's why they but ended up Kyoko breaking Inoue. her. <laughs> did this Kyoko Inoue, to be fair? I mean, look at her. Does she scream Okamoto to you? Because she sure doesn't scream that to me. She's too colorful. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I not it. quite, not not quite uh, on that. Uh, where it works, but where else are you going to put her if you're going to have your main event? Like Bolnacano is I, your main event, so you got to stick her in somehow and just see if it works. And yeah, I think I think in hindsight we could say it doesn't work, and they and they do divert from that eventually, of course. Uh, Kyoko in a way is also working through a big knee injury at the time, much reminiscent of Akira Hokuto after the, that Grand Prix. Not to the same damage extent, but she's noticeably heavily taped. Of course, they work it because that's what they're supposed to do, and she's much uh, she she's definitely favoring it like constantly, even throughout her entrances. You can see her limp, uh, and that's where this that's where this lies. So maybe we'll see Kyoko in a way, you know, take some. Take some time off the classics, maybe not. I guess well, it's just something to pay attention to for us. All right, well, speaking of the Manamis, uh, the other Manami and Hokuto, uh, the next match we get is the all-Pacific title match between Akira Hokuto and Suzuka Manami. I liked this match. I didn't. Parts of this match. Okay, all right. <laughs> if you get I that specific, parts... I'll agree with you. <laughs> I liked parts of this match. Suzuka Manami... Like we said before, or like you said, especially, and I agree, not a good singles wrestler. And this showed, this exposed that really hard. You have Hokuto, who I think at this point is probably one of their better workers anyways. I even know she's not high up on the card. She is one of the people they want high up on the card, just her injuries set her back. But she's she's a good worker, right? They know this. She couldn't do a whole lot with Suzuka Minami. There was a few spots I liked, 
but most of them had to do with Hokuto, and none of them had to do with Minami. But, I mean, Hokuto wins, so the correct decision was made. They're pushing Hokuto back up the card again. You think she's going to get hurt and then get hit back down the card? I'm sure. I mean, they, they've done... This has been a... Uh, let's see, we're in April. Yeah, so we're at kind of a six-month storyline of Hokuto gunning for a title of some kind. A singles title. And it took her tag partner getting the job done uh, before her uh, to get to this point. And they created a nice little rivalry. They created a good story behind Hokuto uh, with her injuries and with her failures and with her frustration. And she's finally reached the top of some kind. Of some kind. Mid- top of the mid card, upper mid card. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought this match uh, was pretty boring. And Hokuto uh, wins. I believe she won off the Northern Lights bomb too, which they're not calling. They're not calling it yet. No, but that, that does become her finisher. Yes. Uh, the next match, a much better match for another title, the three WA Tag Team Title Best Two Out of Three Falls match. Uh, I guess I don't. I guess they got to specify because some of them aren't always that right. It's Sometimes. the Jungle Jack Team of Aja Kong and Bison Kimura. It's Esso Moreno and Minami Toyota. I liked this match. Uh, Jungle Jack retains, but I really liked this match. Yeah, it was good. I thought uh, Moreno and Toyota played off each other super well. Uh, I thought the first fall, the one that Minami got, was good. I was very surprised, and it was a very good way they built to that first fall. The second fall, I don't think was built as well, but I think that was because a lot of that point was S.O. Moreno just selling. Mm-hmm. But that point, Bison gets the, the pin. Right after Bison was selling the entire time, it kind of felt like it was an in between thing. And then we have uh, Aj Kong at the end beating Manami Toyota. Um, I thought that was good. I thought both. I thought all this entire match was fun, top to top to bottom. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's not my favorite tag team match I've seen out of AJW, even in '91. I think it was well worked. I think it was filled with energy. I think it was fine. It was okay. And- I liked it. Esther Moreno just didn't she didn't click with me in this match. She did have her lucha lucha high spots. Uh it it definitely didn't have the heat that you get with a lot of these 3WA tag title matches. I think that's what what was missing here. Uh, in a vacuum of a match, could you put it on the pedestal of some of those other matches? Yeah, sure, because <laughs> most of the other ones we've we've seen are hardcore matches for the tag titles. Uh, so right, in that sense, it's the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Of, time was very time. much that way. So uh, maybe, maybe, in, maybe in time we'll we'll see some better ones. I, I expect to see some better ones than this. Uh, th- this Jungle Jack team of Bison and Aja are is very good. Uh, this this so definitely really over. yeah this definitely came across as a one off type match to to get by, and I think it was I think it accomplished what it set out to. I think so. I think I did too. I mean, we don't see Minami with the tag belts until a little bit later with a certain other partner of hers. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's just to play further into the story of Minami Toyota trying to find a tag partner. Yeah, which is a story they've been telling for thinks since the Tokyo Sweetheart split up. I yeah, guess they sounds split about them right. Up. So, uh, I I mean, I thought it was good, but the next match, I don't think I liked as much. Uh, the 3WA yeah. title match between Bodicano and Monster Ripper. Uh, Bodicano wins in what was a very flat... Uh, I don't even say okay. I kind of just think this was a bad match. Mm, I don't, don't think it did anything. They spent a whole lot of time on the mat. Yeah, that was the problem. And even in the classics, they cut out... What, what All they did was cut out kind of the beginning mat work. 
and then got That's into where they reached the next level. So you can find this easily online. It's it's searchable. Uh, Ripper and Bulnicano. This this really suffered from what I was speaking about before, where the audience just doesn't know what Ripper is. Uh, Ripper and Nakano just go eleven minutes. It's very short. Uh, no chemistry either. They have no chemistry. No, 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 no. You can tell Ripper's been kind of out of out of the AJW game a while. Doesn't know what to do with Ripper. Uh, the crowd's not reactive to really anything. They react to the finish a little bit. That's fine. I mean, you can't. I just have a hard time putting stock in a match where it takes until the last sixty seconds for a crowd to react. Is that fair? Right. You know, that's 100% fair. I mean, the fact that the classics cut out a big portion of the match says a lot, because they don't normally do that, right? They don't cut out big portions of the title matches unless they have to. Well, this one had and, to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 100%, because there's no way you're adding that whole six minutes of them just laying on the fucking mat. Fuck no. It, yeah, this I was disappointing. I didn't like this match at all. I think, like you said, Monster Ripper has been out of the system for so long. And she's never wrestled Bull Nakano before. She's never wrestled these kind of people before, Aja or Bull, right? She's used to wrestling the, the baby faces that she has to beat up, right? <laughs> yeah. To being the person that beats up the baby face who gets their valiant comeback, because that was what she was there for back in the day. So I guess it makes sense, because I don't think she was ever a good worker. She's just good in her role. And I think we're starting to see that here. I don't think she, I think she leaves after this, if memory serves. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think remember she comes either. Back. I, she go, I know she doesn't come back after this tour, because I don't think she ever returns. Yeah, and so they, they only had the yeah they only had this back, short yeah. tour with her and tried to get a little bit of money out of it with the with the past champion and ah I think it was a miss very disappointing because I like Monster Ripper yeah I get why they brought her in and the matches she had were there to elevate Aja and her champion her big championship feud with the the big top star at the time that was the only thing they were there for and yeah, without question. it just doesn't work it doesn't work because she's worth two monsters. Normally, she's there with the baby face, right? The Makfumiyakis, stuff like that. She's beating up on the, the baby face that has to have a val- Devil Masami, even, right? at the time. The Valiant comeback. You don't get that in these kind of matches, so she just has to work a different way, and I don't think she's, I don't think it's her style, unless she's capable of doing that. All right. I guess that does it for AJW, eh? 